everybody welcome to molly sleazy friends the podcast where i bring on some of my friends to talk about whatever we want and this week is a very special episode it's the north mollywood reunion episode with andrew t and alex papademus are will be joining us um but first we have jane marie of little everywhere studios where we record this podcast in beautiful atwater village to tell us about a very exciting outer space event <laughs> that she personally uh, witnessed secondhand. Yes. I, oh, that's, that's a good way of describing it. Um, yeah, this morning, the woman who caught the first glimpse of the neutron stars colliding came into the studio. That is so cool. Can it you was really cool. Tell us her name and a little her bit name more. Is Maria Drought, and she works at the Carnegie Observatories over in Pasadena. And so what happened was... Um, in September, I think, or maybe it was August. Well, a while ago, some like weird waves were detected uh, from way, 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 way far away in a galaxy very far away. And so um, by using some sort of math or something, people figured out that the vis- the visuals, like the light would come through on a certain day in like a 10-hour window. And so all these different laboratories all over the world started setting up their telescopes on satellites and on the ground. And um, they did a, they like, just stood watch for like this certain 10 hour window and the smallest telescope that Maria was manning was the one that found the first picture of the collision and what had happened was two stars have been hanging out together for a very long time um but they used to be like big stars like bigger than ours and then they both supernovaed one right after the other and then they started swirling around each other really fast, like super, like super magnetic fast <laughs> for billions of years. <laughs> for billions of years, they were like these little neutron stars that are small. They're like, I forget how small, 12 miles across or something like that. Like not that big, but super dense, like the densest material um, ever. And then so they spin around and around and around and around and around each other and then they knocked into each other and died. But what happened when they knocked into each other is all this gold spurted out. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole story. And it's very rare, right? This doesn't happen. No, never. It's doesn't happen. Also really beautiful and cool. It's beautiful, um, rare. Um, we don't even know like what's going like no one's been able to this has never happened before. That we've never wit- happened. Not that before? we've witnessed, you know, not not in real time. I'm sure it's happened like in the universe since the beginning of time. Right. It's because the planet Melancholia is gonna start coming right. towards us now. <laughs> we don't know. That's the thing. She's like, we don't know what's gonna happen. That's next. so cool. Other than the gold. We do See, know that the gold happened that already. Is the first news I've heard in like a billion years, possibly a year that has made me feel good (laughs) or like okay about stuff do you know that's where our gold comes from it comes from that happening that's how we have gold on the planet excuse me yes go on the gold inside our minds here (laughs) on earth were originated from one of those jams like it's like star stuff is what gold is made out of yes i don't know if this is true but i believe you He said it. The scientist said it. I believed everything she said because, like, she well, she's a discovered scientist. the 
most important thing that's happened in space. Yeah, that's like, so cool. You got to meet her. Yeah, it was and really she cool. came in here to it talk about really it. Cool. Everybody should go look at pictures of it. Yeah, everybody check out Maria Drought's uh, pictures of the supernova star collision. The neutron, yeah, neutron, neutron star collision. We got the neutron bomb. Yeah, it was um, so fun. Well, thank you so much, Jane. No, my pleasure. Anytime you want to talk about neutron stars, you know I who to call. Totally do. Maria Drought, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Well, moving on. Was that a leftover ghost from Halloween? <laughs> I hope everyone had a happy Halloween. You know, I was noticing also that people put up stuff so much later this year. Oh. Because last year I was very excited about Halloween and people put up stuff like September 1st, which is mm-hmm. when I think Halloween season should start because I just want it to be fall. And I'm like, do it. Start. Let, think... Let's get the anticipation going. But this year people just did it and because nobody cares about Halloween because the world's fucking terrifying. I mean, do you think the multiple heat waves, it was a hundred. Yeah, but that doesn't ever, that was true last year too and that doesn't stop people. People, What do you think think the temperature is going to be in downtown LA at noon on Halloween? Like 5,000 degrees probably. I'm going to go with, yeah, upwards of 85. (laughs) Um, Alex? But I was just thinking about like last October, I think we were all, sorry for interrupting Alex. I wasn't talking you yet. Weren't talking. That's... Last last October, we were all like, it was like we were about to feel relieved, you know? I think people were like excited for the election to like be over, you know? Uh, so yeah. that like everyone could calm down mm-hmm. and <laughs> feel chill and not feel the ang- anxiety they'd been feeling for like over a year. I, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've forgotten it. Yeah. yeah. You were yeah. like, oh, okay. We did feel that way. It's almost November. The election's going to happen. Hillary's going to win. It's going to not be ideal, but it'll be fine because it's better than the alternative. Mm-hmm. Uh, little did we know. Yeah, I was busy. Be- well, it's all the same anyway. It's just good. That was me. I was one <laughs> oh, of those you were guys. that guy? I was like, you know. Oh, nice. You know, yeah. I, was just, I explained that to a lot of people, how it was going to be the same. It's not well, the same. Yeah, I guess we all got a quick civics lesson this year. <laughs> it's not this. Turns out worse some yeah. of us more than others turns out uh, <laughs> nothing is actually in you know keeping things from going wildly out of control mm-hmm. there actually are no like uh, stoppers in place that will make things not just go totally insane mm-hmm. as they have done um well yeah. that's the thing it's like all these like deep uh, deep state people it's like i mean we can't even you can't organize like anything, much less like you can't organize like a Super Bowl that runs on time or, you know, any like it's just like, how the fuck, how the fuck are you going to organize a vast conspiracy to keep society in line? I was telling my friend yesterday, I've been seeing all this graffiti around Atwater about something called remote neural monitoring mm-hmm. that uh, I looked up and it was one of those things where I was like, oh, this sounds crazy, but like not that crazy. It's basically people who are like, oh, the cops put a microchip in my head mm-hmm. to monitor my thoughts. And now they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was telling my friend about it and she was like, and it's one of those things too, where it's like enough on the, there's enough information on the internet that like, I think a lot of people would like self-diagnose yeah. people that hear voices are like, oh, this is what's happening to me. Um, I just want to say as someone who had a surgeon inside of my skull when I was a kid, there's no way to not know for sure if someone <laughs> put a microchip <laughs> in your head. Even I just had a tiny little thing and that shit took like nine months to well, recover from. What my friend said was she was like, 
the cops aren't that skilled or organized. Yeah. <laughs> is how we know that they're not doing that. They're not very good at anything. No. I don't think I don't I I yeah that I don't I don't believe that. Although obviously if they had the technology I'm sure they would do that. They just voted to approve to use drones for the LAPD. Yeah. But which, that's what I'm saying is if they had that technology they would that. have put it in a drone yeah. years ago. Um How's that different from remote viewing? Like is it the same idea, same principle where like they can no. so they it's more like they can read your thoughts. Somehow I don't know. It's like, like they can yeah, it's like they have a microphone in your head and they can hear all your thoughts. Is that even like biologically possible? Like, let alone technologically? No. Like, is there even not I don't think... yet? But like, who knows? Like, thoughts don't have a sound. It has but to be you, so. Like, you hear your thoughts as like a monologue in your head, right? Your thoughts. Oh, are like, yeah. No, you do. You your thoughts are like a podcast in your head, right? And like, you mm. could like transcribe them and the like thought cast audience of one. Right no, I mean, look, I found out. I was telling you before we did this. I was talking about the sound bath that I went to, and my my epiphany that I had during the sound bath was not my my wife was having actual epiphanies but i was having epiphanies about like i was having meta epiphanies about the way my brain works when it's deprived of other stimuli and i was like oh i'm just putting everything into words this is maddening how yeah. am i not this is why i'm as crazy as i am i guess yes that i can't turn i'm still sort of like, was like laying there being like don't think about grape ape okay you have to now you're thinking about grape ape stop it like you know this that's what meditating is about guys this is a right. meditation asmr oh hold on um, do it. Do it again. No. Okay. Hold on. How's it taste? Good. Well, I took the I took the super <laughs> fancy tea bag out, so it's it's remaining mild. Stay mild, everyone. Did you take it out too soon, though? Nah, mm. it was good. Okay. Stay the tea mild. bag looks like a little shark. It's like a. It's one of those uh, pyramidal ones. It's cute. Oh, that's okay. like, and I had oh, to like lift it up. Oh, like a triangular one. Yeah. Well, like three triangles, like four triangles placed up against each other in a three <laughs> D space. Guys, I'm gonna get back on track because. I'm... Wait, I w- can I can I get uh, back uh, on off track real quick? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's no guarantee that everyone does put all their thoughts into words. No, they don't. That's what I was gonna say. Actually, is that this was like the major argument my college boyfriend and I always had was that he like thought purely in images yeah (laughs) and that's like how visual people are and then I took a painting class and I was like I'm really good at the like crit part where we talk in words about the paintings but I'm like really bad at painting because it's like about just looking at things and seeing them as like color fields you know Mm -hmm. Uh, and shading and other things that I had never done before and like you sound like a, a like a robot. I am a little bit of a robot. Well, that's what we're gonna talk. That's what I was gonna gear it towards. towards oh, nice. oh, you have a segue. I have a segue. Oh I'm, shit! I'm just gonna say for just before we leave this topic that the effective counter argument to I think purely in images is shut the fuck up, you're a dork. No, because no. it's just as dorky to only think in words. Uh, yeah, I think no one thinks in pure anything. That's and why deaf folks don't think in words. They like, they think in images. Well, no, I mean, there's a range of yeah. ways that they think. Some of them, some there's documentation. Some of them think in sign language words. Oh, that's cool. Some of them think in written words. Some of them just think in a different thing. Probably there are people who just think in sound. Yeah. Um, I think in memes. <laughs> well, those are the ultimate combination. Yeah. Words and images. Words and images. It's a third stream forms yes, between the, the two. the comic, you know, understanding comics. Oh, yeah. Um, guys... Speaking of people who may or may not be robots mm-hmm. and may or may not have chips implanted in their head and wouldn't even know if they did, you guys saw Blade Runner 2049. Oh, I actually forgot that we were. 
I, you don't know how much hustle I had this morning trying to fit in a screening of uh, the Law and Order Menendez Brothers. We're also going to talk about okay, that. <laughs> That's the second, the second subject. Second act, third act. Yeah. We know a lot has changed in the time that we have since we've done this show together. Uh, since I'm the only one who did the homework, that's unusual. I yeah, was like, definitely crazy. not expecting anyone to do the homework, and I had a contingency plan. But I was also like, again, this podcast is just controlled by me. So yeah, it can really be Something's anything. Something's up. Yeah. Something's different. Something feels yeah. different in the air. It's not. We're in Wayne's basement, but it's not Wayne's basement. Yeah, I um, like it. When you don't have to drive, you can see all the scenery. That's you know? what I'm saying. That's you I'm can saying. just passage. There's a lamp. <laughs> um. Um. So speaking of driving. Yeah. So we all saw Blood Runner. You didn't see Blood Runner. No, but please call it that. Uh, <laughs> I saw it in New York a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a couple of month ago ish when this comes out um fully the day after a wedding crazy hungover and i guess the um the uh the movie theater in um what's a shitty part of manhattan with all the stockbrokers murray manhattan. hill murray hill <laughs> murray hill is one of those lie down uh like, Excuse like me? The, the, your chair is like a full lazy boy. You can get fully horizontal. Right. That sounds terrible. That sounds like I'm paying for a nap. Yeah. So I, you are paying for a nap. And good thing, because Blade Runner is three hours long. <laughs> uh, I fell asleep multiple times in the movie. Uh, mo- many times in the movie. But multiple times I fell asleep in the movie. Uh, I fell asleep starting in on a slow push-in on Ryan Gosling's face and woke up, (laughs) fully napped and woke up before that push-in had finished. (laughs) There are multiple shots that are like, I don't know, 45 minutes long of just a camera slowly looking at Ryan Gosling's dumb face. Did you learn anything about his dumb face? Yeah, it's I can sleep through it, even though the soundtrack is like. Well, <laughs> didn't they like put, they like put in a Hans Zimmer soundtrack at the last second? Was that a last second oh, decision? Yeah. Oh, somebody cool thing? was supposed to do it. Uh, oh, it was I, like Daft Punk or something. No, shit somebody like even cooler than that. It was somebody who would have been good, and they I think at the last second were like, let's fucking put some Hans Zimmer in this. It was it was Kurt Vile, and then at the end <laughs> they were like, the, the, the now Hans the Zimmer. Thing, it's real Hans Zimmery. Yeah, it yeah. always is if it's Hans Zimmer. The thing I love is that it got really beat in the box office by Happy Death Day. <laughs> Happy oh, Death yeah. Day looks kind of good. It looks fucking good. I, I'm I like Blade Runner, but uh, like, yeah. Happy Death Day looks re- like like it looks better than those things tend to. I just love to. that it was. Ha- well, it's also like a like a Bloomhouse like yeah. get out and stuff. It's like you know Happy Death Day is like Groundhog Day, but. But for with death, a birthday yeah, you party, get murdered. But with a slasher, you get murdered right? and you have to live the day over and over again until you find out who murdered you. I'm gonna go see it, but I just yeah. love that it beat this big, expensive prestige movie at the same time as like the Weinstein scandal was breaking because it was such a like classic, like nobody knows anything. It's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, you can spend all this money and put Harrison Ford in a movie and it'll get beat by like a cheap horror movie with no stars that has like. A, you know, good premise and came out in October. Yeah, um, I mean, horror movies always make money. That's yeah. that, that, that's why. That's you know. And the, the other rule of Hollywood: Blade Runners never make money. Well, that's the thing too. It's like I that was the weird part when people were like, "Oh, Blade Runner did did not perform to expectations." It's like that's you know the first one didn't yeah. either, and it's like they, these are like giant sort of like they're these are like ill advised art films that cost too much money and end up doing you know okay I, business. 
All right, here's here's what I'm gonna say about Blood Runner. I think people give genre movies that have any kind of message, any kind of attempt at a message, way too much credit for that message. And since Blood Runner is a double genre of fucking noir and sci-fi, every the fact that it's not, it's the second. I mean, look. Oh, what is what is what is consciousness really? Is like a question. That it's just like they get credit for asking that like D minus philosophy question and not I mean, look, you can't answer it, but like they don't really do anything other than like, isn't it interesting to ask this question? So they get so much credit for that. And then it's like, yeah, no shit. No one watched this thing. It's and it's okay, but ugh. <laughs> Alex. But I don't think that's well, why. How do you think of it, Alex? <laughs> no, I mean I don't think that's why nobody watched it. I think no, people, that's know. why I hated it ultimately. I just I think, think I think that's something that people. I don't need that to be happening in my genre movie for me to to like a genre movie. I don't need it to be. Oh yeah. well, this is more than just the genre movie. Yeah, yeah. Somebody will write a book about this someday. Like yeah. I, I don't care about that. Um, I I like that they had sort of solved that question. That it's like, yeah. oh yeah, Ryan Gosling's a replicant. He's just walking around. Like you know, it's like it's not like a big thing. It's not like a big surprise. Wait, he's a replicant? Yeah, Sorry, that, that's like in the first. It's in the, it's it's in the opening crawl. It's like maybe. one of the very first things okay. you see. Yeah, yeah, like that. You you know you. I think you know in that Dave Batista scene, like it's something like he you know. Like, oh yeah, he's like, hey, we're we're the same. Yeah, and then he's yeah. like, then when she when he like busted up, like Robin Wright's like, we're not paying to fix you to take you to the body shop because you're a robot. Yeah, but Deckard, we still don't know, or we do know, but Harrison Ford still ages in human time. I forget. Yeah, I think we we almost they do everything but say it. Yeah, I think it's more clear that that's the case. But I'll tell you, I went with my wife, and she had not seen the first Blade Runner or had not seen it. Either could not remember having seen it because it was so long ago or, like, had never seen it and, like, thought maybe she'd seen it just because you forget things. And I was like, oh, it's fine. It'll be no big deal. There's a lot of oh. stuff that really kind of depends on your understanding of the first one. She liked it, but I was like, I, I'm not, you know, no. I'm surprised that you are able to enjoy this given how much of it is dependent on a, you know, 30-year-old like movie you've you never seen. Liked it, and you haven't seen Blade Runner one. You might as well watch. And this is something I've been doing since the, uh, a lot of since the uh, uh, North Mollywood ended. You might as well just watch a playthrough of someone playing Overwatch two, because <laughs> there is nothing new. Like with the sound off, because that's it. Just a bunch of fucking you know lightning bolts and holograms. Isn't it like uh, according to what I've read about it, but I haven't seen it yet? Uh, isn't it like a cinematography sound bath kind of? It is a yeah. lot of yeah, especially if you go to big like giant screen. It's very it's it, yeah it's it's yeah. immersive and it's it's cool. I, I the thing I like about it is that it's not. I haven't seen this like you now have the capacity to flesh out that sort of imaginary world so much and let's be like like oh I can see for miles in this whole thing you actually can never really see that far in Blade Runner there's a lot of like there's a cloud you know yeah, even like it's dusty. like cloudy like the city is sort of like you don't know how far it goes and like when they go to like San Diego that's been leveled like there's just sort of like dust in that the is wind, the best part know? of the movie by the way oh they perfect they blow San, up Diego. San Diego no it's just like the they, idea. They, yeah. the camera pans over like you know. Five thousand acres of junk, and then of trash. And yeah, and then the the crawl is just like San Diego. <laughs> the, idea, the idea is that Los Angeles has turned San Diego into a, a like a garbage dump yeah. for uh -huh. its garbage, the which superest is superest fun. Somehow super plausible to me. Like I don't know. It, it will shout out San Diego. But it will be a hundred percent go the other way around. But I mean that's probably true. That's, um, that's probably true. Was this movie? Uh, I heard people complaining about that it was like a lot of white background actors for a movie taking place in Los Angeles because it was actually shot in like Eastern Europe. 
Oh. Yeah, I guess, but I don't think, like... I mean, here's the thing. The source material is so white and misogynist that people being so... like, oh, Sorry, the, like, the source genre, like noir and, and like, but sci-fi... But it's, like, sinophile. Yeah. It's, like... Listen, I anyone wants to pick up my uh, spec about... Uh, what's going on in Tokyo during the time of Blade Runners, where it's all these like fucking holographic cowboys just like fucking <laughs> fucking each other and like <laughs> you know, and everyone just eating these like humongous hamburgers. I mean, that's kind of what I wanted. Uh, Ghost in the Shell could have been, yeah, or a Blade Runner sequel. Here's okay. Here's the thing though about Blade Runner is that yeah, Alex mentioned like they. They gloss over the consciousness soul question immediately, which is good because that's the dumbest one, but they don't ask a further one. And the missed opportunity of Blade Runner, which they hint at during the opening Batista scene, which is like, you know, sci-fi needs to be a fucking metaphor for the things in our world. And like, hey, guess what? This is about a society where half of the people, or like a, a proportion of people who unquestionably have souls, thoughts, desires, dreams, and look like normal human beings are second class citizens. And, you know, it's, it's just like, and, and this one is about a cop from this oppressed class who's bringing down other members of this oppressed class. There's a fascinating movie in there that is about people of color, and it they just don't do it yeah because they can't honestly i tweeted about this and people got mad but the themes of irobot are would be better in the <laughs> like irobot is a more philosophically interesting movie than blood runner well, irobot them. is isaac asimov right yeah but i mean the film yeah 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 <laughs> well i was just gonna say like it does feel like the right time for philip k dick because we definitely live in like the philip k dick reality right now where, yeah like Nothing makes sense in the way that you like expect sense to work, you know? Everything is like a little bit like Alice in Wonderlandy in a sort of nightmarish dream way. Yeah. Where well, like not even that. It's like it's it's more to me it's like this idea of like everything makes sense but everything is disappointing. Like every part of the future, uh we got the worst version of this. And that's where we're at. Are we talking about reality or Blade Runner? Reality. <laughs> I just wish that they had found a way to get the from the source material from Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep that the fact that that book is I think like seventy percent about people having literally electric sheep Mm -hmm. like replicant animals because that's Mm -hmm. the status symbol and like people are sort of like sad and depressed because there's no more real animals and so like you have like getting to care for a real animal is like a big deal. And that I feel like throw that in the sequel because you didn't get it into the first one. That like, just it sounds like a good movie on its own. Yeah, there's like this whole sheep thing. It's like that's the, the it's it, it it's it's great. They never make the right Philip K. Dicks into into movies and yeah. books and stuff. Well, into, they always into, miss the good stuff. What no, do you think is like the best uh, unadapted? Stigmata of Palmer Eldritch. Three Stigmata of Palmer Eldritch is great. Um, I, there's one that I love called We Can Build You, which is kind of about the. Uh, I feel like I've talked about it on the show before, but it's kind of about the same idea of like what's you know replicants and what is consciousness and like people like it's these guys who start making uh robot lincolns 
like Lincoln uh, animatronic Lincolns basically and then like so, sort of everything that happens to them but it's like I just like it because it's a book about a bunch of assholes yeah <laughs> like it's not like that's he's sort of underrated sometimes because some of his characters could be such cutouts but then like they're like as they go on sort of through time and they become more like him they actually become and people that he knew in his weird circle like that becomes more like yeah oh man also um, though what about Westworld with only Abraham Lincoln's in it <laughs> that's <laughs> Disneyland guys <laughs> And I think I, I don't know if we, no, I wouldn't have talked about this on a podcast if we didn't have one, but uh, I went to Disneyland and found out that Disney employees are all really into Westworld. And oh. of course they of are. Of course they are. It's like it explains you to your life to you in a yeah. way. Like where, where else are you going to see that? I'm well, because like, they, they all share the, we, they all got to see behind the curtain and they know that we're just fucking sheep. And they're Walking probably through. all robots. They know actually. that the yeah. Donalds have killed people. You know. <laughs> yeah. I walked. I had a Lyft driver who plays Star Lord at Disneyland right now. Right, and, it's, and drives a Lyft. Yeah, and, man. Yeah. You just I mean, explained. I don't think it's a, think it's a full time. <laughs> we know yeah. nothing is. is <laughs> it, that's the gang? economy, man. Everybody um, is a Lyft driver, Star Lord. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. He was real, real hyped about his life. So you know. I'm. He is a hundred percent happier than I am. So I'm a Star Lord and a car surf. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing about Star Lord. I talked to him about it, and I had this revelation while we were talking. Uh-oh. I had this revelation Are you while getting... robot, um, which is that Star Lord is like the easiest and maybe the only easy character to play at Disneyland because they have to stay in a hundred percent character. And Star-Lord is the only one from, like, the turn of the 20th, 21st century. Everyone else, like, he, he's one of the few Disney characters that could be sarcastic. Who would you like to play when we're all indentured as having to play Disney characters in our half-lives when we're not having to drive people around? I mean, I guess I'd have to be Mulan. <laughs> no, you don't have to be anything. Who else could I be? Um... You're just ruling out all the head-based yeah, costumes. Yeah, I'm saying you I mean, could be like, like an anthropomorphic. Oh, I see. Oh. You're not necessarily. It's interesting that you go straight to which princess would you be? Yeah, no, I would just have to. That's the only character that I can think of who's Chinese. <laughs> um, there are other characters in the Mulaniverse. Yeah, but they don't get. I don't. Does Mulan even get fucking get to step foot on on Disneyland? Yeah, she's she's involved. Is she really? Yeah, man, Mulan's cool. They're doing a live action remake of Mulan, and so they start phasing whatever property they're about oh, to sure. readapt for live stuff back in. Because when sure. I was going a lot, they were showing all this Jungle Book stuff, and I realized it was because they were about to do the live action Jungle Book. Because that's what they do now is they're rebooting all the cartoons as live action movies. Oh my god, this was a weird uh, rabbit hole when that movie came out. Of uh, speaking of ASMR, who's the who's the fucking hypnotizing snake? Ka? Ka is like big in the ASMR scene. Oh, that makes sense because he's like a hypnotist. Yeah, and because a lot of people were like, this is when I first realized I like this stuff from Ka. <laughs> I think Disney cartoons are when people first realize they like a lot of different yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that they're Fox. They really, the... they, yeah, they get to you in those years of realizing That's things. That's uh, what they're selling back to you. That's yeah. why it's a brilliant evil business strategy. Yeah. They're like, hey, force your nostalgia on your kids so they'll have nostalgia. And they'll also want to bust the nut at a snake. (laughs) (laughs) Alex, who would you be in Disneyland? You know, I had all this time to think of my uh, answer to that question. I've had a, I had a whole other tangent with which to think about that answer. I, I like a depressed uh, Gamora, I think. Gamora. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> be a guardian of the galaxy. I don't know. I'd be like a sad raccoon who hates his lot in life. And oh, yeah. like, yeah, I don't want to work here. I guess, yeah, Rocket Raccoon's a good character to be. Yeah, he's basically a contemporary. Oh, BB-8. That's who I would be. Oh, you you'd be a good BB-8. I'd be, I'd be perfect. You'd be like, I'd be beep, the best. Boop, boop, boop. That's I'd be does, rolling right? around in the thing. <laughs> Isn't BB-8 a she? No, fuck that. I have a whole feeling about this, which is that robots aren't fucking gendered. Yeah. They're fucking robots. So I hate when people are like, that robot's a girl or that robot's a boy. And when they announced that BB-8 was like a, like a girl robot, a I was girl like, bot. because it's like, oh, well, people always assume C-3PO and R2-D2 our lovers. are men, mm-hmm. male in a Frasier sort of brother-lover dynamic, mm-hmm. but... They're fucking not, they don't have genders. They're not male. They're fucking robots. Their gender is robot. You don't think like shitty Anakin Skywalker was like, I'm making a boy robot. No. Like you programmed it in there. I don't think, even if you like give it a dick, that doesn't make it like a male robot. It's still like it's. Wow. Okay. Okay. Then let's go through. Wait. Okay. What about, what about Jude Law in AI where he's the male sex No, his gender is robot. They don't have any actual sex parts. There's no such thing as gender. That's the whole point of becoming robots is to abolish gender. What about the um, mechanical arm at that GM plant? <laughs> That's a dude. Does <laughs> he? <laughs> no, man, those are women. Uh, just kidding. None of them are fucking anything. I I feel very strongly. Do you know about who this. you sound like? You sound a lot like one of the uh, one of the. Yeah, humans in the Blood Runner universe is like they're just a, just a fucking bucket of bolts. No, because I'm not. I'm not. They're not second class citizens. They're they're we're the second class citizens. Because we're hung up on the the binary. Yeah, and the, we the, believe mm-hmm. that like physiology may determines anything about you know personality or anything. Right. Well, they say the reason that zombies are so disturbing is that they sort of mock the idea of a sort of a, a hard line between life and death. And like maybe it's the same thing. Maybe that's why we're disturbed by replicants is because it's like, oh, what are, is it? Is it a person? Is Guys, it, you know mock- what TV show does ask these questions? <laughs> <laughs> is uh, the Law and Order true crime the Menendez yes, brothers? That's exactly what oh, I was going yeah. to say. They dispensed with the idea that they were robots pretty quickly, a little too quickly for yeah, my I, taste. I but- genuinely thought that's where you were going with it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I am. Um, I wanted you guys to watch a Law and Order miniseries yeah. about the Menendez brothers. Law and Order. Twist my arm. I believe it's called yeah. Law and Order True Crime. True Crime. The Menendez brothers. It has a couple of colons in there. And then yeah. there's like a starring Edie Falco, who is the only person on the billboard. Um, oh, leading you to believe she plays both Menendez brothers. <laughs> oh, oh um, my God! Oh, what a tour de force! <laughs> She's James that Franco good. James the folks. Deuce has nothing on Edie Falco as the Menendezes. Um, so you guys watched this? <laughs> I watched one episode. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's we all, watched. That's all you were. Yeah, we watched the pilot. I know. Um, here's what I like about it. I like how everybody, you know, as you know, as anyone who knows about Law and Order knows, uh, you know, ripped from the headlines often when they come up with these things. I like that in this case, the headline that they're ripping from is something like OJ show squeezes juice for FX. (laughs) Dick Wolf, like pounding the table, like get me my own 90s based true crime show. Um, 
make it happen with with some you know famous people in bad '90s wigs, and yeah. it's smack. I'm not gonna actually pound the table because we're doing a podcast. You can though, because it's it. that kind of podcast. No, it's, not it. the it's a sturdy table, but yeah, I don't, I, I'm I don't not. Know. I'm not. I'm not gonna pound it. But that's what I'm saying. Like so, yeah. I like that. That's the thing that he's like. So it's actually. Oh, are you gonna like press the button? No, no, no. He's gonna do the Dick Wolf. I was like, I'm Dick Wolf. Get me the. You know, like I demand things. Does Dick Wolf have a gavel? It's actually the sound is actually kachung. Like when he hits the table, the table has a spring in it. Picturing that meme where there's like two buttons and you press the wrong one always, but it's like a hand like slamming a button. Exactly. That's he's like, oh yeah. yeah. I'll okay. Show you later. He launched Sam Waterston into orbit by mistake once. It was Wait, really embarrassing. Here's a question that I should have researched and I easily could have. They must have done a Menendez Brothers. Uh, just like main main universe. Good question. I don't uh, know. Law and order, hour long. I don't know if they did. They have to have. There's not a single fucking headline that they didn't it, use over the 5.5 billion. But it's so go back and look. But it's so California. I feel like it's the only thing is like you know like you know that right now like Law and Order is preparing like you know a Weinstein you know if they have an art if it hasn't yeah. already been on and I missed it like sure it, sure sure I, it. It, it wouldn't maybe be so period but they're they're just fucking imagine Lenny Briscoe in some like Upper East Side penthouse, you know, looking at the blood, I mean, must be nice. And then just, you know, like <laughs> except it, for the blood, it a hundred percent happened that they did. Rich kids kill their parents. Oh, probably ten was, times. Yeah, I mean, in the same way that there's, there were probably like every network probably had a Menendez TV movie. You know, like it's, I, I don't know that it was at that point where it was yeah. the, the true like three network, like uh, you know, the, who was the 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 uh, Long Island Lolita. Oh, um, uh, we haven't gotten Amy, her Amy yet. Amy Fisher. Amy Fisher. Yeah. But every, there were Amy Fisher movies. There were three Amy Fisher movies on each oh, yeah. network. I like, love the Drew Barrymore one. Yeah, that one's great. I don't think you've seen any of them. Um, Amy Fisher, also just a classic 90s, 90s crime. Gotta be going there, right? I mean, that was a true, like, emblematic 90s well, crime. Well, weirdly, a lot of them happened in California. Not weirdly. Um, predictably, mm-hmm. a lot of them happened in California because OJ, Menendez Brothers, and I feel like Heidi Fleiss is like my trilogy. Yeah, and like, this is the yeah. prequel. This is before OJ, so there's still yes. people can still plausibly be like, this would never happen here. It is such a prequel to the OJ show. And one of the right. things I really enjoy is uh, network ripoffs of cable hits. Is something like I watched all the fake Mad Men that got greenlit after Mad Men, the like show. Pan Am, Pan, Playboy Pan Club, Am, Playboy Club. I watched uh, every the, episode of the Playboy Club. What was the like Cuban Sopranos? Uh, oh, that was yeah. about like I didn't actually watch that one, but my friend watched all of it, and I would probably watch it. Oh, the, I like Bobby Cannavale up in that one. I feel maybe maybe I feel like that makes sense. Um, How? <sighs> Because if we weren't talking on mic, we would have IMDb'd all of the things that we That's fine. talked about. Just Nobody, yeah. <laughs> Nobody I'm tunes into this podcast I'm for, just like, saying, facts. Molly, you have a sponsorship opportunity. I think you can get IMDb to sponsor this podcast <laughs> as if to say, look how, like, even these amazing people... Look how look how quicker their lives would go if they had IMDb right how now. sadly reliant we are on the internet <laughs> to remember things that people just used to know. Things Roger Ebert would just know. Yeah. No, no more. Guys, I know those things. You don't have to IMDb. You kind of do. I mean, better than yeah. me. I've forgotten some. I, I've, but I've like lost the ability to retain stuff because I just don't, <laughs> Internet. don't have to. Well, Molly. Well, the Menendez face. Brothers movie, in addition, we're calling it a movie because it's basically a TV movie. Mm-hmm. It's a long TV movie. How many episodes is it? Maybe like six or something. I think it's six, yeah. Okay. I love it. Maybe I'll um, watch it. Edie Falco plays their lawyer. The Menendezes are played by two lesser known 
perfect though. Perfect guys. Like perfect. one of them looks like they both look like sort of like also ran sitcom actors. It's really mm-hmm. perfectly like LA preppy yuppie at the edge of the 80s turning into the 90s, which is obviously a particular area of interest for me because I made a whole mix series about it called Glass Bricks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But it's very like go to SoundCloud, download it now. There's like the part where they go to like um, Mixed Cloud actually. There's a part where they go to uh, like the Ralph Lauren store or something. It's just also like American Psycho E, less mm-hmm. than zero E. Um, and there's a lot of really good bad wigs. Mm-hmm. And then Heather Graham is in it. Heather, oh, that Graham. Was Heather Graham. Yeah. Right. I am so enamored of what Josh Charles is doing in this. Me too. I can't figure out exactly what it is. It's a little bit. Like he's the guy in the Cradle of Love video who like the the girl comes in his apartment. He's like, "What are you doing?" But he's got it's just there's a look like he looks like a sort of he plays an authority figure in porn. Yeah, yes. like there's some yeah. kind of thing where it's like he's like it's the it's the hair and the delivery. And he's doing it like I always enjoy when somebody is like that when somebody is aware is in on the joke of the thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. and like wants to be at it. That you know working at that level. He's making a full meal out of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean like Edie Falco is like this is Emmy time. This is yeah. like something to like you know like I got. A couple for, and she's mm-hmm. doing the Sarah Paulson as Marsha Clark yeah. in the OJ show of like it's hard to be a woman and balance all these things. Right. So she's got and and oh. she as the actress has to carry a lot of things for this show. But, but I, then like I the like Josh the Charles che- parts yeah. are the fun parts. The Josh Charles parts are the sleazy gross parts that are great. That's awesome. He looks like that wig is hot. Oh, it is hot for sure. Yeah. In all he looks senses, like he, it's hot to him. Um, yes. Doctor Daddy. <laughs> Doctor Daddy. <laughs> Josh Charles is Doctor Daddy. Emmys uh, just line Emmys up. galore. He looks a little bit like one of the guys from Office Space. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like Lumberg. It's yeah, like he's it's got that like the long wig. Yeah, yeah, whatever that, mullet. whatever that hair that is mullet, supposed that to be. And the high wig, too. That it's l- up on the head. <laughs> um, I also like that Edie Falco's character has sort of like the Fargo, like the good marriage, you know, where it's like she's grounded because she's got a supportive husband who understands what career ladies need. Mm-hmm. And then her husband is played by Frank Sabatka <laughs> from The <laughs> yeah. Wire. I'm just happy because I get sad now every time I see Frank Sabatka, especially if he's getting involved in another criminal enterprise on another yeah. David Simon show. I'm like, oh, this this has always worked out well for him. I'm sure this isn't going to lead to him winding up in a dumpster somewhere. I'm just happy to see him be in his place where I kind of doubt he's going to be murdered. No, I think he's uh, I think he's the good grounding force in this show, and I'm sure that that guy's like, I'm showing my range. I don't just only play scumbags. Do you yeah. remember? You you are human. I, I am play alive guys sometimes. Do you remember who that guy is in Fargo? Who plays that guy in Fargo without looking it up? Because no, it's somebody weird. Who is it's, it? It, it, historically, is it the Zodiac? Kind of, yes, it's John Cameron Mitchell. <laughs> Wait, is that his name? No, is, <laughs> no, that's the guy that's, from Hedwig that's and the, the Angry other, No, he's got he's another. Also be he's funny. another three name. What's that guy? Let's see, I don't know. Um, the guy who directed Lucky. IMDb. I was also asking you guys um, if you'd seen Mindhunter yet. No. Which is like, I, I'll just talk about it for one second. Because Wait, it, can, I, can I go back to Dick Wolf Properties in general yes. real quick? Which is, um, I think those those things are, this show's pretty good, but that shit is all, especially when you mention that it's a prequel to OJ, really, this shit is all, his his stuff is always this insidious thing that makes you trust the cops. Like oh, it's, yeah. it's the it's more subtle than propaganda, so it's actually really effective. And the fact that like, like the cops or the detectives in in the Menendez are like these good guys who are like really like trying hard. And it's like, hey motherfucker, those guys say the n word 
every other sentence in real life. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Even in this situation, when it would seem to be there'd be no prompt for it. Yeah, just, it, it's just it's, but it's like like you, the, he, every Dick Wolf show makes the cops more noble than they are um, in a way that is I was like just watching a Zodiac, gross. just to bring it back to the Zodiac, yeah. but I was going to say is that Mindhunter is basically like a Zodiac TV show, which is like what makes it good, mm-hmm. even though it has a lot of huge flaws, such as that the lead is really bad, and but the other guy is good. The other guy is like a guy who's played detectives in a million things, and he's really good. But the main guy, who was in Hamilton, he was the king in Hamilton, mm-hmm. um, he's terrible. And uh, But other than that, it's very watchable um but what i was going to say was i watched a zodiac documentary because that is what i do to chill out because i'm Mm -hmm. a fucking psycho (laughs) um i was watching this one i think it's called this is the zodiac speaking and they interview a lot of the cops and what they get to that really i think stuck with me that i hadn't thought about that much before was that the night that the zodiac stabbed a cab driver um Part of the reason nobody found him is because they misreported that it was a black guy. And so everybody was like looking for a black guy. And they're like, we don't know why that was what we reported, even though like the Zodiac was like walking down the street covered in blood. But like (laughs) nobody was looking for like a white man with a crew cut. And then they talked to one some store owner who's like, oh, yeah, that guy came in. I talked to him. But like he didn't look like the sort of guy you would think would kill people. So I didn't think anything of it until later. And you're just like, oh, okay, they could have got him if they weren't fucking racist idiots. Yeah. Like. That's my sort of actual guess for why, you know, we like like everyone, you know, rightly points out like it's always white dudes who are serial killers, and you know, without making it seem like the obvious, which is that white men are particularly fucked up and evil. Um, probably the actual alternate, like the the actual explanation for that is just like. If you are any kind of minority and show any kind of, like, symptom of that kind of behavior, your ass is in jail so fast that, like, you don't even – you don't get to be a serial killer because you don't get enough freedom to kill a series of people. Your serial does not get get picked up from – Yeah, exactly. You're you're one and done. I mean, Mindhunter a little bit gets into that because it's a little bit about, like, hey, all these super crazy sociopathic personalities are, like, white men who are able to, like, hide it from people in polite society. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also there's, like – the uh, academic character who's like, oh, I've been studying this, and like every CEO has all these same personality traits, and like, <laughs> it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But it, racism well, is making this world worse for you personally, listeners. <laughs> it's making um, you less safe from being murdered by a serial killer. I was killer. also thinking that when people were talking about Blood Runner being mm-hmm. so white, I thought, well, that's like the ultimate dystopia is like a white Los Angeles would be the nightmare that like a lot of horrible people do want, you know? Yeah, but it's never that. It's always like people, people like the worst people watch Blood Runner and they're like, cool. I guess I just always thought what was like, because the 80s movie is such a movie about white anxiety, about Asian influence in like culture and money, Mm -hmm. you know, it was about like, people in Los Angeles who were afraid that like the Chinese were going to buy Los Angeles and take it over which oh i but i feel like that cultural touchstone didn't i mean like it's still this orientalist fetishizing of like cuz it it's it's like and it's also this like you know the way Japan embraced western culture and so like neo japanese shit is like cool 
Right. It was like the Japanese are going to make the technology that's going to power the future. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I see where you're coming from, but I feel like as long as I've been alive, that's been superseded by this fetishization of specifically Japanese culture. Well, I've heard people also trying to make the argument of like, oh, it's about fetishizing the stuff without wanting like the actual... And, you know, you want the products, but not the people who make them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like, and but there aren't really brown people. Yeah. That's the weird Blood part. Runner. Yeah. That's, that's the, what I'm saying. That is like, that's the the dis, most dystopian future Los Angeles I could possibly imagine. But that's that's the thing. It's like, like your average Blood Runner fan, like white male, young, you know, 20s. I'm your average Blood Runner fan. I love Blood Runner. No, no, average. No, I mean, I'm, I'm just like I had to watch it in every class I took in college because every like French postmodernist fucking yeah. loves that movie. Yeah. Um. So I like was sort of like, do I like this movie? And then I do like it. Like, no, I'm, no, no. I'm not saying you're not a fan. I'm saying you are an outlier in the population. I disagree, of fans. though. I think the fans. I think. That's the problem is sci-fi thinks, you know, it's like any nerd culture, like comics or anything. The fan base is not actually white men. That's just what people, the perceived fan base is. And if they made anything for anyone but that, if they made, you know, if instead of casting Ryan Gosling, they had cast like an Asian American actor in Blood Runner, Mm -hmm. maybe it would have done better. Probably not, though. But we don't know. They don't want to take chances on that stuff. But again, okay. if you're trying to sell it in the international market, if okay, that's the big right. reason, I I still would pro- like it doesn't matter. My point is the the audience they think they're going for then like the the white dudes, like those the Reddit boys, like they they don't draw the connection of like why isn't Los Angeles mostly Latino in this future. You know, and, and which they, is what it would be. I mean, in a utopian or dystopian future, like that's yeah. where it's going. In future, regardless of that where is everything what it has goes. always been and always will be. Yeah. provided and it will never. The white nationalists don't get their way, which is the scenario we're working all to prevent now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's no future where Los Angeles looks like Blood Runner, where the only narrative is like, "Holy shit, we genocided everyone." Like, that would be right. the only movie. The point is, like, why make it but, Los Angeles? But also her. Oh, I mean, her was also very dystopian. <laughs> yeah. That, for that I mean, same reason. That's that's downtown gentrification in, a, in a sci-fi that's movie. That's why like, I thought that's that was, like, a movie. horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. But but most people don't draw that connection. Again, and the speaking movie of like, over the connection. Well, also, that phone isn't fucking female because phones don't have gender. Here we go. <laughs> that's where we'll end. Back to being ASMR. <laughs> um, I did actually finish the tea. Oh, you okay. got a tea. Hold on. Last sip. If your ASMR ah. thing is the sound of someone drinking from a mostly empty teacup. I think that last going. sip, people got like that. that. Well, thank you. Uh, that it definitely is someone's ASMR thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume everybody is, is something. Everybody's like, yeah. got a kink. If you can think of a thing, somebody has it. That's rule 34 on the internet. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Rule 34.5. Thanks for listening. Um, Thanks for coming on, Alex and Andrew. Thanks for having us. Um, No, sorry. Thanks for having Alex. (laughs) Thanks for having both of you. (laughs) Especially you. Oh, yeah! (laughs) Thanks, everybody. See you soon. Bye. Marley Sleazy Friends (laughs) 